0: want to go
1: on a journey if you're skeptical don't worry not here to preach gonna keep it clean and talk miracles where faith meets all of nature get in touch with your creator with a bacon loving jew she even speaks hebrew what's that Welcome back to What's God Got to Do With It, and we are here to continue this series where we are breaking down this really complex topic of worthiness, and really what I call the paradox of worthiness, because for a lot of us feeling worthy when we've never felt worthy, well, that's really hard, and it's really complex, and it's not something that comes naturally. So this is the fifth episode in this series where on the first episode, we broke down what I call the five blocks to God's love. And how I discovered that for me, when it came to actually feeling worthy of being loved and not feeling like I had to earn it or when I'm this or when I do that, then I'll be lovable. Like not that kind of lovable. I mean, loved right now as I am. And like thinking of it like that was a really hard concept for me to grasp at first. And it's almost like something was blocking me from receiving it. But as I shared, God wasn't blocking me and my circumstances weren't blocking me. I was the one blocking me, obviously not intentionally, but my thoughts and perception of myself, that's what was blocking what was already available to me. And that's why I now call them God blocks, because if you're blocking them, it feels like that love is not even there. So on one side of the coin, these five things, they can be kind of like a recipe of these magic ingredients that add up to this recipe for worthiness. But those same things, if you're not aware of it and if you stay blocked by them, they will literally block you from feeling loved and feeling that worthiness. But also like I shared in other episodes, those blocks were the perfect place for me to just invite God in and ask him to help me. And I just asked him to meet me there and help me unblock what was blocking me and remove anything or really unlearn any lie that was not coming from him. And that's why I believe it's so important to recognize your own blocks and identify, you know, what's keeping you from feeling the love that's available to you right now and what's keeping you from feeling like you're worthy of receiving love and worthy of being taken care of or valued beyond, you know, the size of your jeans or or bank balance or relationship status, whatever it is that we value ourselves by, right? And that's why I'm so excited to keep this conversation going because awareness is truly enough to start that transformation and create those new neural pathways. So back in episode 13, removing the blocks to self-acceptance, we talked about how to accept yourself when all you've ever really known is self-rejection or self-criticism or shaming yourself. In episode 14, we talked about health and self-care with God's support and how to remove that if it's a block. And then last week, we talked about how to find your own self-worth if all you've ever known is only feeling worthy if you weigh a certain amount or achieve a certain type of success or measure up to standards that you probably never even created. So if you missed those episodes, definitely go back and check those out. But just like we did for self-acceptance and for health and self-care and for self-worth, what I'm going to do is show you this next ingredient and the God block side of it from three different viewpoint. So first I'm going to walk you through as you know one of the five ingredients they be, that becomes kind of like like I mentioned part of this recipe for worthiness. But then we'll share how that same ingredient, that same thing can actually be a god block if you are if you obviously don't feel worthy of receiving it. And then of course we'll take a look at what God has to say about it. So let's dive on in and let's take a look at the fourth ingredient to your self-image and worthiness. And the fourth God block, which is self-esteem. But first, I wanna clarify what I even mean when I say self-esteem because I can almost guarantee that I'm not using it in the way that you might have learned it or that the way you might think self-esteem means. So I know for me, I used to think that self-esteem simply meant how confident I was in myself, but that didn't always feel very tangible to me. And for me, it was like, well, how do I magically feel confident in myself When I don't feel confident, right? As in uh, you're learning that that's the paradox of confidence and the paradox of self-esteem. But when I broke confidence and self-esteem into understanding what I call like the no like trust factor of yourself, it made so much sense and it finally felt like something I could wrap my hands around and actually do something about so that's where I want to, first and foremost, just kind of flip it over to you. Do you feel like you know, like, and trust yourself? And the trust factor is the big piece of the puzzle, because I found that most people are walking around feeling very untrusting of themselves, because somewhere along the lines, they stopped believing themselves when they made promises to themselves. So for example, when we say things like, oh, you know, this time's going to be different, or, okay, I'm going to start fresh, and this time I'm going to see it through. Or we say, like, okay, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z 100% this week, but maybe we add more things to our already maxed out to-do list that we didn't get checked off the last week or the week before that, but we think that making a list is better than just not committing to anything, right? So this was me for so many years until I finally became aware of it and, and addressed it, and I realized that, uh, bottom line, I didn't believe a word I was saying to myself, right? So to other people, absolutely. I prided myself on keeping promises and commitments to other people, but to myself, no way. I didn't trust myself to actually follow through on my word. And when I would make, you know, these commitments, and in turn, I was losing respect for myself little by little every single time I made a promise and didn't follow through. And that's because I would keep making these open-ended promises to myself, but I didn't take the time and the intention to go upgrade my self-esteem alongside it like we're talking about today. And what happened was somewhere along the lines, I completely lost all trust in myself, but I didn't even know it. And I was crushing my self-esteem as a result. And so I see this happen all the time in the work I do with my clients because just like I hadn't, when they come to me, they'd never done the work on their self-esteem. And so, you know, in turn, they were basically just in the habit of making promises that they didn't want to make. Or maybe they were just in the habit of making promises that they didn't want to keep, right? Keeping it felt like a threat or too much, or they didn't like it. Or they were just in the habit of making promises that they couldn't keep. Like they, maybe their promises or their commitments were too grandiose or impossible to stick with in the long run. And if you think about it, I mean, the whole, (laughs) Thank you. the <laughs> cat I'll start again on Monday mantra, kind of loses its meaning and its strength every time you start something only not to finish it. And you trust yourself less and less the next time you go make a promise to yourself that, you know, air quotes, this time it's going to be different. Because really what's happening is your brain secretly knows that it's not going to be different. Because nothing on the inside has changed since the last time you said that, or the last time you made that promise. And this creates a vicious cycle. And that vicious cycle continues. And so now, instead of having a relationship with yourself of trust and confidence and reliance on yourself, aka, you know, that self-esteem factor, the no like, trust factor... Now you've entered into a relationship with yourself where all of those things are negotiable. Okay. now I want to take a minute and talk about I said reliance on self. And obviously we talked about that double edged sword of having too much self-reliance. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But what I mean when I say reliance on yourself is like relying on yourself to follow through on your word. Okay. so I wanted to make that distinction. But when you are in this relationship with yourself where all of these things are negotiable, right? When that's the case, your self-esteem and your trust in yourself have also become negotiable, okay? And your self-image knows it, right? And so when it comes to up-leveling and rewiring your self-image... It has to become a matter of understanding the no like, trust factor of yourself and what it would take to upgrade it and earn back your own trust and make certain elements of your life and especially your word non-negotiable. OK, but when it comes to your self-trust, you have to go earn it back because it doesn't just magically appear because you become aware of it. And remember that this bears repeating every time you commit to something that you know you aren't going to follow through on or that you can't follow through on or ends up going into that category of failure or something that you maybe tried a bunch of times and didn't work out, that is not benign, okay? Because what happens is you end up trusting yourself less and less every single time that happens, and it's actually harming your self-esteem and that self-trust and that self-respect factor. And that's why it's so important to end that cycle and earn your own trust back. And essentially, you have to earn your own respect back too, like we're talking about, because when you lose trust in yourself, you better believe that you're losing respect. Respect for yourself too.
0: For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but with all that anxious energy, they just won't go to sleep. This was my kids every night. But I did find that stories calmed their mind and gave them something to focus on. So six years ago, I created the kids' podcast Bedtime History to help solve that problem. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. We have episodes about Jackie Robinson, Neil Armstrong, Maya Angelou, and Sacagawea. Episodes also include topics like space exploration, engineering, the rise and fall of civilizations, and major events like the Civil Rights Movement and the Transcontinental Railroad. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. This week, join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So one of the biggest things I hear from clients before they set out to do the work that we come to do together is that you know they'll start a new planner program. This is what you know their life was like for sometimes their whole life or decades. But they'll start a new planner program, and on the surface, you know they're gung ho, they're super motivated, and they're ready to take it by the reins. They they feel like they're deeply committed, and they're hoping, but you know secretly praying that this time really will be different. Like that this will be the thing that will change every for them. But what's happening is, secretly in the back of their mind, they are waiting for it to fail. You know, maybe they're actually even outright expecting it to fail because they know in their heart of hearts that even though, you know, the plan or the program itself might be different, they know deep down that they haven't changed and that they haven't gotten their mind and their heart and their brain really aligned in a way that would cause things to be different. And so specifically, they haven't addressed the self-esteem problem, right? So, that self-trust factor that's now working against them. And so I see it all the time, you know, pretty much, you know, more times than not, women come to me and their self-esteem is totally shot, right? Because time and time again, they've witnessed themselves starting, stopping, starting, quitting, starting and saying, oh, forget it, you know, because they get so frustrated or disgruntled. That by the time they've come to me, they're at a point where they don't believe a word they say when they say things like, okay, this time it's going to be different or this time I'm for real. Because in reality – you know, again, they've witnessed themselves time after time making promises to themselves that they don't keep or can't keep or don't even want to keep. And so not only do they not believe a word they say when they make promises to themselves, but on top of that, they believe themselves less and less the next time they go make a new promise or a new commitment or a new declaration. And you can see how this feels like Groundhog's Day, like the next time you go to make a promise and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, yeah, this is going to be different, but secretly in the back of your mind, you know it's not because Every time this happens, your self esteem bank account—it's like chronically overdrawn. There's nothing left. You have no trust or belief left in yourself, and so that's what I mean when I say it's a self esteem thing. Okay, but you know, and I know these things can be really frustrating or sometimes disheartening. But that's a really great problem to have because addressing your self esteem and and you know all of these things that we're talking about within your self image—it's totally you know treatable and transformable and. It's something that you can transform almost immediately with the right tools and the right strategies. But, you know, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, most people don't do this. They don't because it's not the sexy part of transformation, right? We want to, you know, lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes or make $100,000 in, you know, 10 seconds. And, you know, so what happens is a lot of people just commit to the next plan or program or the next kind of shiny short-term solution or band-aid and never address the real problem, unfortunately, if we're just being real. And they don't address all the other stuff that's bogging them down and bringing them down and weighing them down. And this is the sort of thing that most people skip or just don't even think about. And so, you know, pretty much the number one thing I have to work on with my clients, and, and I have a feeling it's a big thing for you too, is this self-trust factor and earning it back, earning back your own respect. Now, I do just want to mention, just as it is for all of these ingredients and God Blocks, this is not easy. I just want to acknowledge it. It's simple, but it's not easy. And for a lot of us, we're talking about decades of patterns and tens of thousands of patterns that we're trying to unwire and rewire here. And if you've been losing trust in yourself or not following through on your promises to yourself for a long time, that doesn't just go away in a day or by listening to this podcast. I wish it did, right? In fact, all of my clients, they really invest a good amount of time and energy just working on the self-esteem factor and their recipe for earning back their own trust. Because just like you, they, you know, they can't use a cookie cutter one size fits all approach. We all really need to figure out what this looks like for our own lives, our own needs, you know, our shortcomings too, because that's, that's a relevant factor. And so just keep in mind today, I'm just here planting these seeds in your brain. Okay. But if I were to give you a bit of a high level overview or shortcut This is what I would want you to know and just really receive from what you're listening to, okay? First things first, you need to become a better promise maker. And then the second part of it is being a better promise keeper. So let's take a look at those. Let's take a look at the first thing, the promise making side of it, okay? So the first step here is awareness. And again, just just becoming aware of this is enough to start creating those shifts. So first and foremost, where are you making promises that you don't really know that you can keep Or you don't really feel committed to sticking with, but you're making them because you think you should or it feels better than doing nothing. And if you're in that kind of camp, that's definitely a promise-making problem. But also in the promise-making side of things, where are you making those big, like massive, grandiose promises? They are not realistic, right? Or maybe they're just so vague or unclear that you can't keep them because you kind of don't even know what you're keeping, right? So for example, saying things like, I'm never gonna have sugar again. I hear women say that all the time. I'm never gonna have sugar again. And it's super big, super grandiose. And, and really, do you wanna stick with that? Like, do you wanna have a life where, where you can never, ever eat sugar again, right? And of course, that's a subject all on its own, but that's just one example of the big grandiose side of it. But on the vague side of promise-making, you know, again, another example that I hear, obviously I work with women that are in a, a food and body prison. So a lot of my examples are related to that, but this is just for the sake of this podcast episode, you know, the example of, okay, I'm gonna start exercising every day or I'm gonna go to the gym every day. I hear that, like that's things that women come to me and they're like I said that you know a hundred times to myself Leanne and never never did it right but part of it is like it's so vague it's not specific it's not precise it's so unclear and when you make a promise like that if you haven't addressed the mental emotional barriers that have kept you from following through on that same thing the other hundred times you committed to that very same thing then again if it's too grandiose, too big, too vague, that's a promise-making problem, right? And again, think of this like a skill set. Like, okay, how can I up-level the skill of being a better promise-maker? Really thinking of it like that rather than taking it so personally, shaming yourself for it, and giving yourself all of that kind of self-rejection alongside it. We're really just looking at this as data. On the promise-making side of it too, where do you find yourself making promises that you either can't keep You don't want to keep them, Or maybe you don't know how to keep them, right? So again, there's some crossover from what we were just talking about in the other promise-making sides of things, right? But if you can't follow through on it or you don't want to, or you don't know how, I invite you not to make the promise because that is also a promise-making problem and you'll keep harming your self-esteem, okay? And again, remember, this is just high-level overview nutshell stuff and this goes way beyond the scope of this episode, but I just wanna get the wheels turned. Turning for you. So let's talk about the promise keeping side of it. Now, this one is super simple, but it is definitely not easy. And that's where we, this is where we have to get introspective. We have to hold the mirror up to ourselves. So for you, I'm inviting you to ask no shame, but where has your word become a bit negotiable for lack of a better way of saying it? Like, where is it an integrity gap or simply you're not honoring your word? And this is a perfect time to invite God into this conversation because if becoming the version of you that actually follows through on commitments and follows through on promises that you make to yourself and really this idea of earning back your own trust and and really improving your self-esteem, if that feels like too big of a stretch for you, then that is what I mean when I say that the same ingredient to creating your self-esteem in the eyes of love and worthiness and a really whole and complete self-image, that same ingredient Ingredient is actually going to act as a block okay and as you're learning it's a block to god's view of your value and god's view of your worth because you're going to assume that it's not there because if you are not valuing yourself and trusting yourself and respecting yourself you almost like assume that of everyone else including god right so coming back to this idea of where has your word become a bit negotiable like where is it an integrity gap or you simply are not honoring your word So coming back to this idea of where has your word become a bit negotiable? Like where is it an integrity gap or you simply are not honoring your word? So let's take a look at Matthew 537. And there's actually two versions I want to refer to. One is from the New King James Version where it says, But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Okay, so let your yes be yes and your no, no. Now from the new, the NIV version, the new international version, it says same, same scripture, but this version says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. All you need to say is simply yes or no. And so it's another way of saying commit or don't, right? And when it talks about the evil one, first and foremost, That's the out of integrity, secretly judging yourself like kind of evil in my opinion, right? That's one way of looking at it, right? But it's also a form of dishonesty, even if it's to yourself. Like if you're lying to yourself, and that's kind of what I mean by taking a look in the mirror. No shame, but like where are you lying to yourself? Like at the end of the day, that's kind of the very simple way of saying it. Where are you out of integrity because you are straight up being dishonest with yourself, Another verse from Matthew 5:33 says, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago: do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. And I love how it even uses the word vow. When you up-level your word and let it be a vow, you are going to be so much more mindful about making and keeping those promises when you think of it like a vow to yourself, right? Versus just like, I don't care, I'll say it. It makes me feel better than not doing anything or makes me feel better than just sitting on my couch or ignoring it. But again, it's not benign. And I know for me that when I simply looked at honoring my word as a way of honoring God, It changed everything. But on the flip side, when you look at it like dishonoring your word or moving out of integrity, it's kind of like it's dishonoring God, right? Not to mention, again, it harms your self esteem, okay? So from Ecclesiastes 5 4 through 7, it says, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it do not let your mouth lead you into sin. It says, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. And I love this because it literally forces you to take a look at your words and look at it like you're making a vow to God and not delay to fulfill it. Like, if you're gonna say it, then actually follow through on it or don't, don't say it, right? And it literally goes on to say, it's better to not make the vow than to make one and not fulfill it. And it's it goes on to say, don't let your mouth lead you into sin, okay? In other words, don't let your promises or lack of promises kept lead you into sin and lead you out of integrity with yourself because again, it's not benign. You're judging yourself every time you do it and I mean it with so much love and that's where it's like the God that I know, he doesn't want you judging yourself. He wants you loving yourself and feeling worthy of receiving the abundance that's available to you and now you can see how again, this can be an ingredient and a block. Okay. And speaking of integrity, Proverbs really hits home on this idea of integrity, which the word nerd in me wants you to know that integrity literally means innocence or blamelessness, which might I add is the opposite of shame, right? But integrity also means moral principle and character. So integrity is everything for your character. Like how much do you trust or respect yourself if you have no integrity, right? And you're listening to this because you want to be a person of character. And so this is everything, right? So I just want to point out that Proverbs actually mentions that word integrity a lot, okay? So Proverbs 10.9, this is the NIV version. A lot of what I share is the NIV version. But there's obviously so many different versions, but it says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. And to me, it's like, I'm inviting you to find yourself out. Like let integrity be something that's really important to you so that you can, in the words of God, walk securely, right? And noticing when you're out of integrity, it's, again, there's not, a, there's not a thing where it's like, hey, you should shame yourself, but it's calling it a crooked path, right? And we're talking about living in integrity, being of character, and so I think those words are just really powerful, looking at it like a crooked path, right? Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity okay? Duplicity is an interesting word, right? And to me, it just is a reminder of saying one thing and doing another. And it doesn't have a a lovely connotation, right? So these are, it just reminds me of like this integrity thing, the opposite of integrity is duplicity in many ways, right? And so it actually mentions that word integrity in so many other verses in Proverbs, but I think you're getting the point, right? Bottom line though, What if your self-esteem was not about seeking confidence or esteem from the world or from others or like you originally thought self-esteem was defined, but what if it was about earning back your own trust and earning back your own respect and getting back in alignment and in integrity and living the way that God designed for you in that respect, And that's why I simply invite you to take a mental inventory and just ask yourself, where have you lost total trust for yourself and in turn lost respect for yourself? And where has your word and your commitments become negotiable? Like, where are you out of integrity? Okay. And again, I am not here to shame you. There's nothing bad or wrong about any of this. You're human. This is the human part of you. But here's the big distinction. Like, the, the problem that's going to arise for you when you try to look at all that ex- external stuff for your self-esteem and confidence, but you totally ignore the part of yourself that's truly gonna make you feel that way and earning back your own trust and respect. And so what if instead of all of that and you know, all of the worldly stuff that you're trying to gain for confidence and self-esteem, you went and earned back your own trust and your own respect, right? And got back in integrity, restored what you feel like would be like the character side of you. And that's why I'm so adamant about talking about this because most people have never taken a look at this part of themselves, right? And so again, where have you lost trust, respect? Where have your commitments become negotiable? Where's your word become negotiable? no shame, no judgment. This was me for so much of my life for the record, right? Until I discovered stuff like this. But when we don't respect and trust ourselves, we will block that value and respect from others and actively block the value and worth that's available to us and that God sees in us and and wants us to have. Like God wants us to have that respect for ourselves and that trust, right? And I promise when it comes to your self-image, your self-image knows, right? Like the value in God's eyes and how much he respects you your self-image knows when you're blocking that right and there's a way to connect with his version of how he sees you but if you don't identify where you're currently out of integrity the other side of it is you will most likely be walking around feeling ashamed of yourself right and again, if earning back your own respect and trust feels like a too big of a stretch, this is where this is going to be. That same ingredient is also a God block, okay? And so again, what if your self-esteem was not about seeking confidence from others or from the world or for whatever, you know, you originally thought you needed for self-esteem, but it was really a now entering into this conversation of earning back your own trust, your respect, you know, getting back in alignment and in integrity and living the way that God designed for you in that respect, right? And this is a great place to ask God to meet you there and even borrow his eyes, right? Because again, the God that I know, he loves you. He wants you to know how valuable and lovable and worthy you are right now, okay? But also the God I know would have so much love and compassion if you are struggling with this when it comes to trusting and respecting yourself. And I truly believe he's just calling us into greater levels of character and integrity. That's the way I look at it. I look at it like, okay, he's just inviting me into this next level, not shaming me into it, just inviting me being like, hey, I see the bigger version of you. I'm, I'm here to, to meet you there. But this is also, again, I want to remind you that hyper dependency on self. Yeah, we want to take intelligent action. We want to influence this. But also, what if this is where you let God in and you surrendered this to God, too, and surrendered the idea that you don't have to carry this burden of healing this all on your own? And so, you know, yes, we have to put in the work because um, if we want to be different, we got to do differently. Right. But when it comes to the side where this is, where, when it comes to like your own trust and respect, like if that's a God block or a spiritual block, that's where, you know, I want to keep watering that seed that I planted in your brain really back in the first episode of this series. Like what if that God block wasn't yours to break through and that's where you really invited God into it? Yes, it's your responsibility, but it's also not fully your responsibility because you could rely on God to come in and fill in those gaps for you and ask you to meet you there and show you where you don't have total trust and respect for yourself and where your word and your commitments have become negotiable and where you're out of integrity. And so just to make it super simple, What if it was as simple as praying something like, hey, God, you know, please show me where I'm out of integrity and I need to earn back my own trust. And God, please show me what integrity looks like through your eyes. Right. And just I love that prayer because, you know, again, the first half where you say, God, please show me where I'm out of integrity and need to earn back my own trust. You're asking for revelation and wisdom of the part of you that you're trying to transform And then the second half where you say, God, please show me what integrity looks like through your eyes, you're asking for a new view and a new belief and in turn, a new identity, right? And I'm telling you again, if you pray this over and over again, he will show you, right? And remember what we give air to attention, intention, repetition, it becomes part of us if we practice it. And that's why we must practice and we must renew our mind. So that's my invitation to you, right? Like the prayer, God, please please show me where I'm out of integrity, where I need to earn back my own trust, and please show me what integrity looks like through your eyes. So that's it. That's the invitation to try on this new story, this new perspective, and just see how it feels, but also see how it changes how you show up in your life. Okay, so that's it for this fourth ingredient and the fourth God block. And we're going to be back next week to talk about the final ingredient, the final God block, which is all about trading up and exchanging external judgments for your God given values. So I will talk to you then. We'll be back with more what's God got to do with it. But in the meantime, I would definitely love to hear from you. So just tell me where you are in your story or maybe what questions you have. Like, Where do you feel you need clarity or support or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to to whatsgodgottodowithit.com and scroll down to the form to share your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and you can do that instantly. So, whatsgodgottodowithit.com, you'll find all the ways to do that. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of What's God Got to Do With It. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio, post-production and editing by Houston Tilley, and original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark.
0: For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day.